The holiest days in Judaism happen this September. They're called the High Holidays, and they include the Jewish New Year and the Day of Atonement, or Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. One rabbi leading her congregation through these days is Jessica Boralski. She's the new senior rabbi at Reform Congregation Emmanuel B'nai Jeshrun Synagogue in River Hills. She's the first female senior rabbi in a reform or conservative synagogue in the metro Milwaukee area. WUWM's Mayan Silver speaks with her about that distinction. But first, Boralski shared the biggest lesson she took away from being treated for breast cancer a few years ago. I think the biggest thing that I learned was how to accept help, which is not easy for a lot of people, self-included, because we all like to think we can do it ourselves. And it taught me that it's not only okay to say yes when people want to help, but it is so much better for everybody. I had one friend who I couldn't drive myself I could drive myself to chemotherapy, but I couldn't drive myself home um, because I was so drowsy from all of the medication. And so I had somebody drive me every week. And sometimes it was my husband and sometimes it was a friend. And I had one friend I called to ask if there was any chance she could drive me on that particular week. And she drove half an hour from her house to mine to pick me up in the morning drove me 25 minutes out to the hospital, sat there with me for the four hours that I was getting my chemotherapy infusion, drove me home the 25 minutes back to my house, and then was about to head the 30 minutes back to her house, having really given me her entire day. And I looked at her when we got into my driveway and I said, Thank you so much for giving me this entire day and for helping me and making this doable. And she looked at me and she said, seriously, thank you. Since I heard you were sick, I have wanted to do, I have just wanted to help. And I'm so grateful that I was able to do this and that you asked me. So thank you for finding me a way that I could help. And I was just blown away by that and it really changed my perspective in a lot of ways and reminded me that community is not just about giving a helping hand but it's also about accepting a helping hand Um, and that's been a really important lesson for me. Wow that's really interesting and I'm sure you've kind of incorporated it as you've stepped into the role of senior rabbi at Emmanuel I wanted to mention Shir Chadash is a Reconstructionist synagogue in Milwaukee, and they have had women rabbis. But I think for the Reform and Conservative synagogues, this is a first. Yes, absolutely. And I'm I'm honored to be that first. Um, And it's, you know, uh, several of the congregations have had assistant rabbis and cantors who are women. Um, but I'm the first to lead the congregation as their as their rabbi or senior rabbi, and I'm honored. And it it both it means a lot to me personally. I think it means a lot to Milwaukee and and to the Jewish people to see that example. Um, you know, we we hear a lot about you can't be what you can't see. 
In in the more conservative or orthodox streams of Judaism, I mean, just to talk about the role of women in general, not only can a woman not be rabbi, a rabbi in some of these streams, but they can't read from the Torah. They have to sit in the women's section of the synagogue with a divider called a mechitza. A man can't even listen to them sing. How does this, like, does this make you think about those who've paved the way for you to be a rabbi? The, the, of course, I think that the egalitarianism of liberal Judaism obviously means a lot to me because it, it's what, first of all, it's what I grew up with. I grew up in a fully egalitarian congregation where anything that men could do, everybody was welcome to do. There really wasn't a separation or a, any way to distinguish between men and women or anything like that. Um, and that's not true of all parts of Judaism or all congregations. And so I certainly respect it. It's a different, it's a, it's a different sort of separate tradition. And I greatly respect people who practice in that way. And it's simply not the way that I was raised. And I love that things are not off limits to me or to anybody else that there's just as much Judaism for me as a woman as there is for anybody else. So according to a 2020 Pew Research Center survey, only one-fifth of Jews nationwide attend services at a synagogue, temple, or other small Jewish group at least once a month. The rest attend services a few times a year or less. What do you see as the challenges to getting Milwaukee Jews and, frankly, Jews around the country connected with their synagogues? I think one thing that that study skews is by measuring affiliation or participation rates only by looking at religious services. I think one of the things that we know is that some people connect to Judaism through services, no question. And some people connect to Judaism through working through like um, social action, social justice work, you know, working together as a community to make our world better. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's an amazing way to connect and practice Judaism. And some people connect to Judaism by studying. We have lots of adult education classes, for example, uh, where people come together and learn and study together. And some of those are people who don't come to services on a regular basis, and that's okay. It's another fantastic way to connect to Judaism. And some people connect socially, where maybe they don't go to services and they don't study, and that's okay. And they come because they want to be part of the Brotherhood or the Women of Emmanuel or another social group, um, or whatever congregation they're at, they find their social group and they connect to Judaism through other Jews and other people who are affiliated with the congregation. And that's wonderful also. Community looks so many different ways, and it should. We're not all the same. And so while I do think it gives us, um, that study gives us the, you know, reminder that we need to continue reaching out to lots of different people, I also think it's missing the people who are connected in all the other ways um, that they can connect and all of the other things that synagogues offer in addition to services. 
And is that a way to also tap into younger generations? I guess that same research study also showed that younger Jews are much more likely than older generations to identify as cultural but not religious. Or on the flip side, this was kind of interesting. It's still a small fraction, but there's more younger Jews identifying with orthodoxy than older Jews identify with orthodoxy. So reform and conservative identities in the middle are getting smaller. So what do you see as the challenges to sort of getting those younger Jews connected to the sort of more mainstream Jewish practice? I think it's it's definitely a challenge to get people of all ages to connect. And I think a lot of it is really the idea of meeting people where they are. And some of that is physically where they are. So going out and having a service in a different location that's not in the synagogue, that's maybe downtown, since our synagogues are almost all in the suburbs um, in Milwaukee, I think, you know, or, or other events, we've, you know, like a a meetup in a park for families with young children where the parents can sit and talk and the kids can go play on the playground and still have that Jewish connection. Maybe we do the Shabbat blessings and then let the kids play and the parents hang out and talk, maybe a little bit of study, maybe not. Maybe it's talking about how Judaism what, what advice and wisdom Judaism can give us about the life stages that we're in right now or about life circumstances or the state of the world because Judaism's been around a really long time and has some truly remarkable wisdom and, and ma- amazing things to tell us and teach us that even though our very ancient words are often incredibly relevant to what we're doing now. Um, And so I do think it's a great reminder and challenge to us to get out of our buildings and to meet people where they are and to also just have those conversations one-on-one, small group conversations about what folks are looking for because the Judaism of my parents and grandparents doesn't look the same and isn't going to look the same as the Judaism of my eventual, or my children and my eventual one day, hopefully grandchildren, not for a long time, um, right? That the generations constantly get to reinvent what Judaism and Jewish practice look like. And that's why we're still here, is because also the, Ju- the Jewish practice of my parents and my grandparents also didn't look like the Jewish practices of their parents and grandparents because it is constantly evolving and changing. And that's what makes it ever relevant and new. And so I think we need to continue to reach out to younger generations and find out what they're curious about. If they wanna be cultural Jews, great. What does that mean to them? How do they define that? And are they looking for more than that? And if not, how can we be ready for when they are or when their children are? Um, Because people often, it, it cycles and people eventually come back even if they're not interested today. Well, Rabbi Jessica Borowski, Chag Sameach, Happy New Year. Chag Sameach. Thanks for joining me on Lake Effect. Thank you so much for having me. Vashana Havah Meshevah
Rabbi Jessica Boralski is the new senior rabbi at Reform Congregation Emmanuel B'nai Jishroom. She spoke with WUWN's Mayan Silver. Tomorrow at sundown starts the Jewish New Year or Rosh Hashanah. It's the beginning of the year 5784 in the Jewish calendar.